welcome to The Last Track, where we help people showcase the last track of their life story in their final wishes. I am your host, Brian Norris, the co-owner of Bateman Funeral Home in Newport, Oregon. Just like a song can bring you back to a day, a time, and a memory, so too can a well-planned service. more I talk to people, the more that they've been moving more and more away from traditional uh, types of services because they just, they don't want to have what they view as kind of a stuffy, somber, sad type of occasion. So they've been moving more towards celebrations of life. And I always like to say a celebration of life is 80% talking about the person and 20% talking more on the spiritual elements of the person's life, but 80% on what they did and what they accomplished and what they meant in life and maybe what they left as the mark as they left this life. So talking about a celebration of life, main thing is, is that you're focusing on that person, the life and what they love most. And so with that, when you're thinking about the venue for the celebration of life, try to wrap in that venue, what meant the most to that person or what that person did. You know, if they were a fireman, you might even look about having a celebration of life at a fire station or at a park outside the fire station if they say no. But I mean, really, it's trying to celebrate or bring that person's life into the service, into the celebration of life. For example, we had a person that had worked 30 some years as a letter carrier. So when we had that person's service, we had we actually called and had a person from the postal service come into the celebration of life. He was dressed in the old attire of a letter carrier. He had the leather bag across his chest, and in that bag was the urn. And he came walking into the chapel, took the urn out, placed it on the table, turned around with the clipboard and had the widow sign for the package. And everybody in the chapel loved that because that absolutely represented who that person was. 30 some years as a letter carrier, everybody in the neighborhood knew him. And so everybody understood that part of the celebration of life. And that's the key to having an amazing celebration of life. Another one that comes to mind, a husband and wife love to go to different barbecues and parties, and they they always carried with them a red Solo cup. And on the Solo cup, they had their name written with a Sharpie. And so during the service, we again, I was talking to the widow, I said, I understand that you and -and so-and-so loved to go to parties and you always had a red solo cup and everybody in the audience started laughing. And so we had the funeral assistants come out and I said, now everybody's going to get a red solo cup. And we passed around black Sharpies and everybody wrote their names on a red solo cup. And while that was going on, we all sang the song red solo cup. You fill me up. Let's have a party again, specific 
it was exactly what the person that passed away, it, it brought that person's spirit and feeling into the service. That's what's really important about having a celebration of life. It can be officiated. Normally, they're officiated by what's called a celebrant. And a celebrant is somebody who may or may not have official training. And they officiate and help the service move along. A celebrant has the skills of being able to interview family members, get personal stories, and really personalize the service. It can also be done by a, an ordained minister, a pastor. Just make sure that you're telling that person that you want a celebration of life. It can be done by a friend. If there's a friend that's comfortable being up in front of a group of people and can really help bring out the stories of that individual, then that's who can officiate that as well. It includes reading of a eulogy, and I don't mean a sterile eulogy of so-and-so was born on this day and so-and-so was born in this town, and then they, it's not the reading of what was put in the newspaper, okay? That a celebration of life will take the eulogy and flush it out into a life story. It's not just he was born here, he was raised by these people, and then he died here in this town. It's a story, what that person did during their life. And that's going through, and they'll still talk about dates and facts and figures, but then they'll flush that out some more, and they'll be talking about when they were living, say, in Portland, Oregon, going to grade school at Astor Grade School. Some of their friends were, and they'll talk about the two or three of their friends, and they might talk about they love to do riding of bikes, and they would go down to Max Market and and they'd spend their quarter that they got each day instead of taking it to the grade school and buying lunch. They took their 35 cents instead of buying hot lunch. They went to Max Market and they bought, you know, Hostess pie and a couple candy bars and a soda. Yeah, all for 35 cents. And that would be something that would be a memory that the celebrant will have interviewed family members and some friends and gathered that information so that they can round out the memory of that person round out their life. And if you're thinking about it this way, the best celebrant at the end of the service, the best compliment that the best celebrant can receive is as people came up to them after thirds at the end of the service and said, how long did you know? Him? Or, you know, I didn't know Bob, but now I really feel like I knew Bob. And those are the two best compliments you can get as a celebrant is people saying, wow, I didn't know you were Bob's friend. Well, maybe I wasn't. It's a story of that person's life and it should read and it should be and it should feel like the story of that person's life. And ideally, and I'm pretty passionate about this. Can you tell? Ideally, at the if it's done right, if it's done right. And let's say the celebrant didn't ever even meet the person in this life. If it's done right, that celebrant should have people coming up to them at the end of the service and saying something, oh my goodness, how long did you know Charlie? And that means it was done right because the celebrant didn't get up and say, I didn't have the opportunity of knowing Charlie. That's not how you do a celebration of life. It should be 
talking about Charlie as if he knew Charlie and was a best friend of Charlie. And that is a celebration of life. Did I mention that they need to make sure that it's done not like a droning eulogy? It should be a life story. Bring life to that. It's, it's, one, of the, it's one of the most powerful things to bring, the, again, the spirit and the feeling of that person into the celebration of life. Healing instantly starts happening, and it's a beautiful celebration of life. At the celebration of life, you do have the option of having the, the deceased, the body present. They can be in a casket. They can be on a cot with a, with a quilt over the top of them. They can be present at the service as well. And that's something to talk to your funeral provider about that. Do, again, it doesn't have to be here. A, it could be in our chapel. It could be in a church chapel. It can be at a park. And it can happen at a park. And so the body or the urn can be present at a celebration of life. Make sure you talk with your funeral provider about that and how to do that uh, so that that can happen if that's something that the family wants to have. The basis of a celebration of life is, number one, sharing of memories. You can do memories. You can do them live. You can do a Zoom and you can have people share their memories live actually that way they can participate in a zoom meeting or a zoom memorialization of a life you can do a facebook live where people can type in their comments and then you could have a narrator at the service actually maybe share those memories or for those people that are present and that are maybe being videotaped or going to watch the service later those people that are in the in the audience can actually stand up and they can share their memories of that person. There's a few other ways of sharing memories. You can have people write in in advance. For example, if you're on a website where there's been an obituary place, you can go to that obituary and you can type in a memory. And then prior to the service, your funeral director can print off those memories. And during that service, that can, they can be read. Or uh, another way is sending some memories with the participants that are going to be at the service and then having a moment during the service where there are, those memories are being read. Uh, lots of different ways of being able to share memories. Another one that we've done in the past as well as you, as people are coming into the chapel or coming into the service, there may be a piece of paper by the door as people come in and you can take that piece of paper and you can write a memory and you can leave it there and maybe not share it at the service but for the next of kin the spouse they can have that memory later and as they go home and they're sitting at home and going through they can read your memories that you put i like going to a wedding and you're doing a wedding registry and you're writing a memory you're doing a a funeral registry, essentially, and writing of a memory at the, at the funeral. There is truly nothing wrong with saying you want to have an ordained minister or a traditional officiant or a celebrant to be the officiant. It's just what did, again, what did Bob want? How would it be best to honor Bob's life type of a thing? Or what does the family need the most? 
And that's how you tell the difference between whether you want to have a celebrant or a traditional officiant. And if a person's life, maybe if they spent, if a religion was very particular for them and they were very passionate about the religion and they want to have more of a religious service, then absolutely, by all means, make sure you honor that person by having a pastor, uh, an ordained, ordained minister, that type of thing. If a person was maybe more spiritual, but it didn't attend a specific religious institution, and it was more important to have their life story written and, and, and talked about, and maybe only about 10% about religion, then the celebrant is absolutely the best way to go as well. And so those are the two differences. For the actual service and, and ideas for doing the actual celebrating of their life, lighting a candle, having a life candle at the front. If you have maybe a large candle at the front of the room, wherever you're having that service, and have a couple smaller candles on either side, and maybe having their children come up, light their individual candles, and then light the big candle. Similar to like what you do at a wedding when you take two and go to one. That's a great way to be able to celebrate a person's life is to light the one main candle to begin and then to, to, to put that candle out at the end. Or maybe during a service, this is everybody, you know, has a candle very similar to like during Christmas and everybody sings Christmas carols and goes around and lights candles. Well, it get, it's a really great way to show the impact on people's lives if everybody that knew and loved that person that's passed away lights a candle. And then you look in the audience and you see all of that warmth and all of that light and realize just how many people that person touched in their life. Listening to personal music, so like at the service, if you were to have, uh, maybe they love the Beatles, you know, maybe they loved Journey and it's going to be a rock concert rather than a traditional hymns. That's okay. You know, if that's what the person is more about, then that's what you should have. And you know what? Maybe they're like me where they have all kinds of different music that they like. Well, maybe have two or three different styles. Maybe have a traditional hymn, maybe have a, a journey, you know, song, you know, if that's what they liked. And then maybe have, you know, a Latin um, romantic music type of a thing. If that's what the person loved, play that music. And that is something that really brings that person's spirit, brings their presence and their feeling alive at the service. Showing a video which is like photos of the person or even a video. Having the video being played at the service, if you take some of the pictures and you have the picture showing, you can take some of that music and play it along with the video as the pictures are coming and going. And that's a great way to be able to celebrate a life. And they call that a tribute video is what they really kind of, what they're calling that today. An online obituary, we touched briefly on that so that people can go and they can leave their condolences online. Having an online obituary is a really good way so that people across the United States, especially that can't travel, they can go online and they can leave a condolence online. And the last thing we want to talk about is maybe showcasing of hobbies. 
you know, if you're at a service and there's going to be an in-person service, you can have some of their hobbies and things on a table. So as you're coming in, maybe they love to quilt. Maybe they love to do woodwork. Maybe they love to do leather. Maybe they're a painter. Have some of those things present during the service. If they were a veteran and they still have their uniform and maybe they don't fit it, <laughs> like me, well, you can always have the uniform. They're hanging and people can see the uniform. But having all of those, uh, some of those hobbies and things that they did present is great. And if it's going to be an online service, make sure that during the service at some point that whoever's recording it can bring and, and pan over the different ho uh, hobbies that the person did. And that is something that you can do and share um, as well during that service. Hopefully this gives you some ideas. It's, uh, it's a lot. We didn't go into depth. We could have really drilled down into a whole lot of things, but this gives you a really broad overview of some ideas for a celebration of life. Make sure you talk with your funeral director and they, they are the ones that are knowledgeable about what they can provide and what they can do. Uh, ask them. I mean, I, I, it's a really kind of a touchy thing as you're working with families because they're grieving and I don't at all ever want to come across like I'm trying to be a used car salesman and trying to push something on somebody while they're grieving at all. But without informing, they can't make a decision. And so if, if your funeral director, if you feel like maybe they're holding back a little bit, it's because they care about you and they don't want to push you. But yet you need to have that information to have an informed decision to, to have a service. So ask them those questions. One of the best things to do is take what we talked about, jot it down on a piece of paper and go into your funeral director and just say, hey, here's some things I heard about. Can you help these? And they'll be thrilled to help you. Well, we have reached that time in our podcast where we take a time and we take a moment and we remember all the families that are experiencing a loss. And we light a virtual candle in their memory. Let's take a moment. If you have any questions, send us an email at info at batemanpacificview.com. Forward it to your friends as well. This has been The Last Track. I'm Brian Norris. You can find out more about Bateman Funeral Home at our website at batemanpacificview.com. You can visit us on our website, and you can also leave us messages there, or you can visit us on Facebook. If you have any feedback or any questions about today's episode, you're welcome to call us at 541 265-2751, or you can send us an email at info at We would love to hear from you. Please send us to your friends, and thank you for listening.